Hello and welcome back to another episode of MCU Need to Know, a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything you need to know. I'm Trey. I'm Jude. How you doing, Trey? When we are recording this, the week... It's it's Friday night, Trey. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank you for that clarification. No, right. when, when we question. are recording... <laughs> Better yet, right let me now, put it this Trey, way. Right now. As we are recording this, the episode that came out this week was our Will the MCU Ever Move Past the Avengers? And we've already talked a little bit about it. But one of the things that I wanted to bring up here that was so funny to me, and I've already shared with you, but I wanted to, to maybe prompt some more responses, is I had the pleasure of hanging out with the Rob Logan yeah. in his Twitch stream. Said hello. What's up? How's it going? And immediately he pounced on how wrong we were on who is or isn't an Avenger. And that brought me so much joy <laughs> <laughs> to see how passionate he was about it. <laughs> well, look, I think if you had, Rob, that kind of reaction, maybe you just didn't might not have been the right mindset when you listen. <laughs> oh no. Maybe you just, you didn't let it percolate enough before you formed your opinion to understand, you know, and, and not just Rob, but those who haven't listened. In fact, have you noticed we haven't heard from Fred Daniel either? I know. I don't know if we've made him upset or if he just hasn't listened yet. <laughs> oh, I, I know the answer to that question, but yeah. Oh, <laughs> Do I, I don't know if it's something. I don't know if you can say or not. No, I can say. I can say. Okay. Because I, I even texted him. I was like, dude, I haven't heard from you, you know, in, in a little bit. And he's like, especially because with the with the pod, he usually, with the live reacting, he's like, he's like, yeah, have you listened to the pod? I'm trying to get this audio book finished before I have to return it to the library. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got beat out by an audio book. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Rob oh, Logan's man. like listening and he's like, it's okay, friend Angel. You didn't, you didn't miss much. <laughs> Well, the whole reason I bring this up is, Rob, the the numbers out there, 512-893-1355, you mentioned you were very passionate about it, and we're going to live react. That number's there for you. We'll put any rebuttals that you may have in the episode, and anyone else who either agreed or disagreed, it doesn't have to be just people that disagreed, mm -hmm. uh, you can call that number, and uh, we'd love to hear what you think about our, yeah. <laughs> will the MCU ever move past the Avengers? <laughs> Watch the phone line's gonna blow up and that's just gonna become its own bonus episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would make me so happy. <laughs> oh man. Well, if you download this episode, then you know we're gonna be talking about Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, not so quick react. One of the things that we weren't able to get to during our hiatus was covering Black Panther Wakanda Forever together uh, and the Guardian of the Galaxy holiday special. So these next two weeks are going to be us playing catch up. Now, another one of the things that we do whenever it comes to the new releases in the MCU is we have a spoiler zone. Of course, Black Panther Wakanda Forever has been out for quite a while and meets our general rule, which is whenever a movie or a show hits Disney Plus, we give it a week of release before it is free game to talk about on the podcast without a spoiler zone. So, of course, Black Panther came out in February. It's all fair game here. If you have not seen Black Panther Wakanda forever and are avoiding spoilers, this is your one warning. 
But Jude, I'm very much excited and apprehensive about this discussion because we have yet. I, I don't understand. Okay. Oh, come on. Like you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's even been seeping through our episodes we've already released so far. Yeah, I didn't like Black Panther kind of forever as much as everyone. Yeah, I, I just really don't like that movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, okay, just as we're talking here, I've noticed a trend. Not just with Wakanda, but 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 these movies mm-hmm. uh, most recently. Okay, so for a number of things. I, I can't put... Wakanda Forever, I mm-hmm. saw over Thanksgiving. Okay. So it was out at least, what, two weeks before I saw right. it? Right. Because it was like early November when that came out. Yeah. Now, and part of it was timing. Again, the, hi- the part of why we were on the hiatus from my side. Um, and then it, uh, Cousin Paul came in. His brother mm-hmm. Thomas came in. And it was like, okay, you're coming in for Thanksgiving. I'm just going to wait in you know, my oldest and I, my dad, Paul, Thomas, we all went and saw it. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't realize there was a, Oh yeah. Yeah. So it, it, so at that point it was like, okay, if I'm not going to see it opening week, I'm just going to wait till they come in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Thomas, uh, you know, I know he's participated in some game nights, uh, yeah. on the discord. So, but, but the trend that I'm seeing is like, so that's, I think is a special ex- exception. All the others I've seen opening night, opening week, but I don't think any of them. And when I say that, I'm thinking Wakanda Forever, Ant Man, Quantumania, Thor: Love and Thunder, and I don't even remember the name of the other one. Um, From last year, yeah, of the Wakanda Forever, Love and Thunder, and Multiverse of. Oh God, you totally <laughs> wrote me into that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i'm surprised that worked um, oh my god i was i'm sitting here listening to your story like on this edge of my seat you got me <laughs> so but in all seriousness i've this might be the first set in a long time that i haven't seen twice in the theater mm-hmm. and so and and yeah there, there's some thoughts that were seeped out in other episodes you know without doing the quick react but that is something i've noticed trend wise of like even after seeing it, I haven't had that draw to go. Um, yeah. The last one that so I yeah. like outside of podcast prep watched of my own accord, like, like in, in the theater multiple times was multiverse of madness. And that was less of excitement and more of like, okay, maybe I was just not in the right mindset. <laughs> maybe a second viewing will help that one. Like, I warm up to it more than I, my original my, reception. Yeah. Mine was no way home. I uh, saw it twice in the theater. I didn't see Shang Chi twice in the theater, but it's not cause I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. So now all that to say, like it, it just, that's, that's something that I'm keeping track of in, yeah. in my head. Mm-hmm. So let's get some of your general thoughts. What did you think I, outside of the meta of the MCU state of the MCU? What did you think of Wakanda forever? Specifically for me. Yeah. I appreciated it a lot more on the second watch. When was your, uh, second watch for prepping for this spot? Cool. Like I, I, I didn't even go watch it on Disney plus mm-hmm. other than for this spot. But I think so in a weird way, I, I think I got to start with all the things I didn't like. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and to be truly fair to it, it was like, cause I, I was, I became convinced myself that they actually should have recast the Chala. Right. And so when I watched it, I was in a mindset thinking about all the stuff that they, I could tell they had to do or change for um, Bozeman's passing. Right. You know, and I think that mindset didn't make me as receptive to it because the second watch, it was very clearly like, this is Shiri's story. And, and I think that time separated from the first watch to now and all the venting of not getting that helped that second watch of just, okay, I'm watching Shiri's story mm-hmm. and, and kind of settle in there. And it, and so in some ways I, I admit I was harsher than I should have been for outside of story things. Right. Yeah. So meeting the movie on what it is. Right. Because, I mean, that makes that makes so much of a difference. Like, I remember when I saw No Way Home, I liked it, but I talked about how it's a movie that is both cheesy and emotionally moving at the same time. Like, it should not work. And then on the second watch, when I knew what to expect, it's like, oh, no, this goes down a lot easier. So I totally see how that has changed your reception of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I had already put out my quick react closer to the release of the movie and I was over the moon about it. I really, really enjoyed it. And speaking of meta trends, it it really feels like at the current state of the MCU movies, it is this feeling of going to see it outside of love and thunder, going to see it and be like, oh yeah, that was really awesome. I like this. I like that. And then letting it sit with you for a bit. And it just slowly starts to lose some of that luster that you had coming out of the theater. Mm -hmm. And I was so worried that that's what was going to happen with Wakanda forever for me, because again, loved it. Talked to you about it, heard some of your disappointments, you know, once we started kind of getting back up again with the podcast, uh, I had seen a lot of valid criticisms about it on, uh, the internet, just kind of reading through people's receptions to it. And so whenever I went to rewatch it for the first time after that initial viewing of the theater, I was like, okay, let's see how this holds up. And I think I fell in love with it more like that same thing of like knowing what to expect. And I'm right there with you being that Shuri story. Like this movie is a loss about a loss of faith. Like it opens up with Shuri praying to Bast and then spending the rest of the movie disillusion from that belief of death is not the end. And we watch that get rebuilt through so many emotional moments through with her mother, Mm -hmm. through with learning to accept the role of the black Panther, rebuilding the herb. And it's just gorgeous. Like it is gorgeous storytelling. Well, and in, 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 in the very beginning, that mistake of thinking, you know, her faith is what let her down. Mm -hmm. um, Because the tech didn't work rather than, the tech letting her down and it's, it's going to be kind of hard to word this, but it's like, it's like her faith didn't let her down because he had died. And with the idea of an afterlife, that's not the end, you know? And so clinging on and with this mentality of I can fix anything right in the tech, 
is what let her down, but she associated it with the prayer, mm-hmm. you know, and had that loss of faith. Um, I don't know if I'm, I'm, I still not convinced of her turn to good at the end. Yeah. But instead of critiquing it the way I was, I understand it a lot more. Mm-hmm. And I'm right there with you. As much as I love this movie, even on the second watch, it doesn't hold as much emotional weight at the end. Like with the the climactic fight scene between Namor and, and Shuri, a lot of it is kind of like screenwriting cheating. Uh, I mentioned this in my initial the the fact that she's able to quote T'Challa despite never being there. Death or vengeance has consumed you. It works in the moment, but it doesn't make sense within the script. The moment she turns where Ramonda is heard, where she's remembering her. I liked it more in the second watch because it was a payoff of the original scene by the river where she's trying to get Shuri to just settle down and really feel T'Challa's presence. And she says, I walked until I found the river, felt a a wind at my back, and I knew it was him. Shuri very callously, mom, that wasn't him. That was just the wind and your mental construct giving you comfort. That, That To me, that payoff was really good. Which, by the way, I forgot to uh, to set this up whenever we first got it started. We're calling this the not-so-quick react. We realize time has passed, so we have gotten a chance to really sit with this movie. But I think we still are treating this as less of a deep dive and more of just kind of our response to it oh, in, yeah. repl- in lieu of what we would have been able to do yeah. before the hiatus. Well, and, and just real quick, again, if you're new with us and you go to one of those deep the deep dive, what uh, Trey said, um, we would have tackled this and, and typically like in a three act structure rather than yeah. just kind of an organic emotional reaction. Kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. So no, I'll be honest. I, my first watch when the moment that was supposed to make her come turn back. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like all those memories and stuff. It's like, no, the state of rage she was in, she would have like put Namor's head on a spike. <laughs> like like that's and, and that was my problem it was like he was in such rage and all those memories to me that like is gonna was fueling the rage and gonna fuel it more mm-hmm. you know and i was like no he she should have i think i told ken this i was like yeah he's like i thought sherry should have like put his head on a spike and held it up in the air and yelled Wakanda forever. Like, like that's how, but like, cause, cause like, that's how angry she was, right? you know? And, and, and you could feel that anger. And, and so, and that's what made that for me way too quick is cause of the rage that was there, which again, I thought it was effective. They were portraying that rage, but it was like, it, it's, it, it just didn't work for me. Well, it, it's a quick turnaround. Yeah. In in my ideal version of this, this would have been a two-parter. And what should have been the end of this movie is Shuri accepting becoming the Black Panther. And then it ends on that like, oh, you think it's awesome because she's made peace with this. But it hints at like, no, she's got vengeance truly deep in her heart. And she's dead set on taking out Namor. Second movie follow-up deals with that conflict and gives us more time with her and this new power. And you can start to lay in that track of change of heart at the end that would work more organically than what they did here at that fight. Because what we did our best scenes of 2022, and as fun as the scenes are, 
I mean, like a lot of that infight scenes just didn't feel mm. like the core, the choreography wasn't like leaping off the screen fun. No, no. Well, so. and it's so funny. Like I, as much as I liked having Killmonger back there mm-hmm. to me, that didn't make sense. How come? Cause that was one of my favorite parts of it. It just, and this could be my own thoughts of what afterlife is in, in study and thinking about it theologically or philosophy. There's this element of like, it, it fits more what Shiri was saying as a mental projection construct because mm-hmm. she's feeling that rage and she sees Killmonger. As opposed to like, you go to the afterlife and because you, like, this is what you're presented with, you know, it's like, I don't think like he still should have seen mom. Yeah. Um, because mom was in a rage. You know what I mean? She was, she was making. And so it was almost like, like the problem was like, mom's decisions, you know, the queen's decisions, uh, to me was coming out of this emotional rage for having lost, you know, father, daughter, uh, no, I'm sorry, husband, son, daughter kidnapped, almost losing that, you know, and, and trying to be this very isolationist protective kind of rage that Shuri would have connected with that. You didn't have to bring Killmonger back. And then the growth is realizing and seeing that we're in this position because mom, like mom's actions caused this battle because she went with Namor, right? And she was willing to sacrifice herself and I'm going to stay here for Riri and, you know, and all that. And so it was like, but mom's actions and say, and, and no, you go do this and, and all that out of this rage is what set that off. And so it's like, no, you should have seen mom still in that kind of state of rage. Cause she's dead. And then realize, Oh, I can't, that's not what I want to be as queen mm-hmm. <laughs> as my mom being queen. And that I think would have been a better overcoming than Killmonger. Like Killmonger was good because it's Michael B. Jordan and there was a shock value. You weren't expecting it. I think story-wise, it would have been better for mom. My pushback on that is, because I'm not following along with the mom's decisions out of rage. The only decision that I can think of that might be rage-based was the letting go of Okoye. But like, well, that was the culmination of it. The like, culmination of like, it. Like if you think about everything that was going on and like what Shiri was doing and this, the protective nature of like, I'm mad at Okoye because I didn't want her to go and she went and now she's gone. Um, she, she does what she needs to do to get Shiri back. Shiri is basically negotiating with Namor. You know, 
and I would argue handling it well and playing this willing sacrifice of like, let them go, don't kill her, you know, and, and in that trade and she's doing stuff to try to avoid war Mm -hmm. and mom's like, I don't care. Get me Siri back. Siri, Shiri back. You know, (laughs) there's an H yeah. Give me Shiri back. Right. And in doing that, that moment is the culmination, but, but all the way up to there has been building. And because you don't have, you know, it's, it's like, it's like Denethor from return of the King because you, because you know, he's not embodying what the true King should be. She's not embodying what the true, a true queen and, and leader would do. Wakanda is vulnerable and falls apart. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and Shiri has to, that's why they go, okay, it should have been the queen. Cause now that push is like, continue, finish what I started. Avenge me. And then the revenge thing, you've been consumed. Now I realize I'm being consumed. Um, you know what I mean? It's, Mm -hmm. it's like, like that's a much stronger connection and to overcome. It makes more sense than like Shiri's cousin who once tried to kill her, who she's never known existed. Like that, that was fan service. I think they could have done better with the story having it be the queen. So to finish my uh, pushback on that, and I think this is something we're just going to end up having to save for whenever we do get around to doing the deep dive three act structure is the reason I like it is you have that beginning scene where Ramonda, Queen Ramonda is talking to, is it to the UN about the mm-hmm. attempts on the, uh, Vibranium. Yeah. And you can see, I mean, camera work, costume design, she's in a very powerful position and you can feel the emotion, but she's illustrating. We may have lost our King, our black Panther, and we are mourning, but we are not weak. And that leads into that scene where she is with Shuri by the river talking about needing to change their relationship with those who have passed on, because that is the only way you can find peace. And that's where they had that conversation about the construct and it giving you comfort and versus kind of the more scientific, callous medical belief that Shuri has and the spiritual afterlife belief that Ramonda is trying to bring to that. And so to me, why Killmonger works is because Shuri has gotten to this point where, okay, she has rekindled this connection to a more spiritual side of letting go of T'Challa's death. But it's not quite there yet because she still has that. Like, if I think about it too long, I want to burn the world that if it is a construct, if it's just whatever she is coping with, she hasn't learned that lesson of what brings you comfort. She's still seeking revenge. So when she finally learns to change her relationship with those who have passed on, that's when she's able to see her mother. But I agree with you it's such a quick turn that we needed a little bit more work from her seeing Killmonger to her seeing Queen Ramonda kind of thing. No, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, well and, what and, I love, and, and the, the only reason why I say that is again, there's that to me, there's that element of you're still following in the footpath mm-hmm. of Queen Ramonda. Yeah. Right. 
her buildup of rage is this, hey, we're not weak, even though we don't have this. And yeah, my son opened it up. And you see that reversal of closing back in. And Shuri, I think, is is following in her mom's footsteps more of closing off than just wanting to see the world burn. Mm-hmm. Which so Killmonger's rage of like I want this so I can go out and burn down the world, you know. Cherry's like, no, I've lost too much. I want to close ourselves off again, which is what Queen the Queen was doing, and right. so and so that's again for me why I say no on the on the Killmonger is because it's 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 rage for different reasons and different results. Mm -hmm. So, well, what I was going to say is this feels like a first where we said we were going to start with the negatives and we ended up talking about some positives. (laughs) So I wanted to make sure you did say you wanted to get out of the way. Some of the things you didn't like, was there anything else you wanted to illustrate before hitting some more positives? Oh, Riri Williams was pointless. Mm -hmm. Unbelievably pointless. How so? Because I, I mentioned that I love that aspect so much. That she was pointless? Dang. No. <laughs> and this is a preview of what we could have gotten if you hadn't fallen more into liking this movie on your second watch. Dude, if I didn't have a second watch, you were genuinely nervous about this episode. Oh, I didn't want to do this episode at all. Like, at all. <laughs> you told me there was not worth anything getting into. There's not worth anything worth getting into. No. Uh, and yes, I did say that at one point. My my problem with the use of Riri Williams is mm-hmm. I don't like. It's kind of the same thing with America Chavez. Mm-hmm. Is like, it seems like we're getting this new character, uh, especially in Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness, and like a diverse character. Start watching, and you realize of they're just the MacGuffin. Yeah, you need somebody to that made that device that you go after, then you protect and you got to go save. Like, like it's just a MacGuffin. And, and it's, it's the, when I say just the MacGuffin, you know, to get into a little bit of theory here on MacGuffins, there's the, I'd oversimplify, right? There's basically severely oversimplified two schools of thought. There's the Alfred Hitchcock school of thought, which is the MacGuffin. Here's what kicks the plot going and what drives it. And there, then there's George Lucas who says, no, the audience has to care about the MacGuffins. You need to be care about it and be invested. Otherwise, why am I going to go with you on this journey? Right. And with Riri Williams, it's like Marvel saying, well, here's a new character that's coming. And so we want to introduce that character and because it's a character. You need to care about them, but they're going to be completely useless beyond they made the tech. And we got it. Like, does that make sense? Like, like, oh, hundred percent. Like, that's sense. the only reason they're there. You could have had some random person make the tech. You could have brought back. Oh, what's his name? Oh, why am I blanking? Tony Stark. No, from Community. Dean. Abed Nadir. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Craig something. Yeah, but like, he was he was the guy that's trying to do the hot dog thing in Civil War. Like you could have brought him back. Like like that's that like I don't know about that. <laughs> yes, like because because after that, yeah, you're, you're 
what you're doing, protecting this kid and don't kill the kid. And you could say the same thing about the other person. Like, Oh, don't kill this person. It's wrong to kill people. Like that's not a difficult leap. And so I just didn't like that. It's like your introduction to this character is going to be as a MacGuffin or same thing with Mm -hmm. America Chavez and Dr. Strange. It was just like, you could have made some tech device to do what she's doing and fought over that. It didn't need a character, you know? And and that's how I felt about Riri Williams. Mm -hmm. Um, Correction. It's Jim Rash is the actor's name that we were thinking of. And although I don't agree with you, your point illustrates what you feel about it. And I get that because we've even talked about it before. I think we talked in an episode we've already released both America Chavez and Riri Williams. They don't have that story element to them that justifies the inclusion. And it's a, it's a wrong, like they should have had more to do with the story other than as you've illustrated, be the MacGuffin. Yeah. Well, because my example is civil war. Yeah, we talked about that. That's like the gold standard because they are microcosms of the main story. And I don't feel like Riri Williams got a microcosm of the story. Uh, you, you talked about the George Lucas version of like caring for the MacGuffin. To add to that, we can't care for the MacGuffin beyond charisma. Like mm-hmm. I, that's what I like so much yeah. about Riri Williams is they were charismatic. They were fun. I liked what they brought. Their personality is great. Right. And that was enough for me to enjoy their inclusion, but on a fundamental story mechanic level, I agree with you that they weren't used that well. Well, now, and, and that's, if, and that's my, my problem is that it's a disservice to that character. Like you can't say, here's this new character that you're going to see again in the future or go back to Dr. Shane and say, not only is this a new character and prop up the diversity, but it's like you did a disservice to them by simply making them a MacGuffin, that's what you're going to do. Why, why do it? Then it could be Jim Rash. Right. So that's why, that's why I say, I understand your point. I don't agree with it. I don't think it works. I don't see Jim Rash's character designing a a vibranium detector, but it illustrates your point. Yeah. And there was one way they could have fixed it. What's that? Had an intag with Rory Williams. (laughs) I felt like I had one more thing I wanted to say about Riri Williams before we got to intags, but it's gone now. Let's, uh, let's discuss intags. I don't know if I mentioned this in my quick react, but I don't like the intag. And when I say I don't like the intag, it has nothing to do with the contents of it. It is the way that revelation of T'Challa's son should have been the end of the movie. It feels so artificially spliced and put after the credits to have an end tag. And that, that was very disappointing to me, even if it did bring me to tears. Yeah. Well, well, there's an element of, and we kind of talked about it. Well, not just kind of talked about it. I think, I think our, our theories of end tags, you know, of, of what is an end tag kind of in a weird philosophical way. We should know we're expert end tag hunters. <laughs> yeah. Um, it really started to develop and get fleshed out in WandaVision and kind of looking at yeah. and Loki and, and use of intags there. And the distinction you made, which I completely agree with is if it's something that could have been, or should have been in story, then it was an, it, it, that's where it should have been. Cause the intag needs to be something that is outside of story that helps build it. 
or flesh out the world, not something that's required right. for the story. And, and, and that's where I completely agree with you. We're just felt like, eh, we're just going to splice in the, in the end credits, the fancy end credits and, and then roll this mm-hmm. like, no, that's, that's kind of a, like, that's a fundamental moment of closure for Shiri. Mm-hmm. Of like, and w- you named this kid after my brother, and there's a piece of my brother still alive. Like, both that she's come to in a faith sense in the afterlife and here. Right. Yeah. The whole point about it is letting go of that grief to develop that new relationship yeah. and what it can bring. And that's what's supposed to be represented by T'Challa's son. And they even like set their groundwork. I didn't catch this until this watch that I was doing right before the podcast. Uh, Nakia tries to call Shuri on the day that Namor shows up, like uh, her AI assistant's like, hey, you're receiving a call from N- Nakia. She was going to tell Shuri there. And then on the riverbed, Ramonda was going to tell Shuri. But of course, that's when the catalyst happens and mm-hmm. Namor shows up. Mm-hmm. So you built that moment. Why Why would you do that? Like you missed your, your grand finale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. No, and I get that. And like, and, and my, again, one of my frustrations and I understand, but this was all off pod and understand what you were saying in terms of like respect to Chadwick Boseman and in his memory and stuff and letting it in there. I thought was, no, you still needed something at the end end of all those other credits. And that's where you could have given us something knowing with, not sure when, but knowing that iron hearts on the way that, that you see Riri Williams or, you know, something Yeah, that, cause that to me even reinforced how much of like unnecessary it was to be Riri Williams. Cause you didn't even give us that character again. Mm-hmm. I mean, civil war, the antagonist Spider-Man playing with the thing. Like, right. That you know, we never see again. <laughs> right. But even, even with that criticism of like, we never see that weird laser beam thing that he has that signal. It captures the spirit of something more. Of course, these yes. suits are going to be iter- iterated on. They're not going to be the same. He's not going to have the same tech, but it's a spirit of like, Oh yeah, more Spider-Man's coming more flushing out of the world. You could do almost an exact copy of this, of what you're saying with Riri Williams, show her back in her garage. She's gotten the Wakandan Ironheart suit taken away. Let's show her, start building version two. Yeah. Because we know we're not going to get that janky one. Right. That have, you know, Val show up, have. No, (laughs) that's one, one thing that I took away from my second watch. You could cut out, Everett Ross and Val completely from the story. And it's fine. I was going to be snarky there, but okay. I, I, <laughs> I agree. That I was going to say, what's, what's the CIA going to use to promote it <laughs> <laughs> and to promote themselves? Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. That was completely fluff. That that's the Disney doing the Disney plus teasing more to come thing. Yeah. Which I anyway, like, I liked Martin Freeman. To me, it made sense that Martin Freeman, Everett Ross was in it. Yes. Right. I get that. I think from a larger MCU perspective, it was smart to have Val in there because we've only seen her twice 
and it's feeling like we're never going to see her again, yeah. you know, and, and that kind of gives a connective tissue, right. And it makes <laughs> sense to drop that in there. So that's why I didn't have a problem with that, but it's like either she's making the next one, making the next one. And then Val shows up. You don't even have to have dialogue because there's so much stuff you can do with that. Right. Everett Ross shows up like whatever it is. It's it's just laying that not only is there more, but it gives them something to play with connective tissue. If you have yep. something like that show up and you, again, you don't even need dialogue. Like she's making it. And then like you see like looking in from the wind from like an above window or a doorway. It doesn't have to be those characters. Those two came to mind, but right. it, it could be roadie. Like I, yeah. you know, but, but to me, they dropped the ball with, with not having something like that. I agree. They dropped the ball with the end tag. I just, I would have been okay with no end tag just to kind of savor the moment. But if they were going to do one, savor the moment sounds weird. Respect the moment. <laughs> That's probably a better way to phrase that. <laughs> Oh, so, okay. So in class today, I had a student yeah. who, it's the day before spring break. They're supposed mm-hmm. to be writing their papers, but like, it's after lunch. By this time of the day, we're all counting down the time. I'm not a hawk on like this kid, right? And they're writing a paper on Saving Private Ryan and a, a clip from it that the taking of the radar station and the medic dies and you know spoilers um for, for a movie that came out in 98 99 <laughs> um okay spoilers are <laughs> the medic dies <laughs> um, you know but <laughs> the thing is is in the video they're gonna miss that i did the hand motion too <laughs> um I'm kind of hoping you do a, a sped up version of the uh, spoiler zone. That would be so funny. Um, but, you know, and I'm like, are you doing work? He's like, yeah, I was just rewatching the clip. I was like, dude, there's no way you're rewatching the clip. The, the smile you had on your face for that clip that we're analyzing, you're either one sick kid or... <laughs> You're not actually watching the clip. He's like, well, I'm watching something different now. I was watching the clip. <laughs> Anyways, I don't even remember what you think of that. It was just... Because I said, savor the moment. Oh, yeah, the savor the, the moment. moment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We talked about in tags. Uh, I, I want to at least hit on one more thing that was positive, because I think you have some really positive feelings about Talocon. I do. And I remember telling Ken. You know, my reservations, the things I didn't, I was like, ah, uh, you know, it's good. But I remember explicitly saying, you have to see this in the theater for the visuals and to see Telecon, you know, um, I, I was just blown away by it, you know, and, and I think you said these words before and to me off pod, but it makes sense. It was just, they were able to recapture the magic of seeing Wakanda for the first time in Talacon, you know? Yeah. Um, the other thing for me, which was really interesting was the representation issue of like seeing Central America and Mayan culture and all of that, you know, was really powerful for me. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, because we talked, you know, I mean, you haven't had that kind of representation in the MCU except for Luis, <laughs> you know? Um, and he didn't even make it into the third film. Like, dude, to have an other universe, Luis, show up, that, anyways. Um, <laughs> you know, you're expecting the funny thing and, like, he's all, like, proper or badass or whatever, you know, just completely opposite. Anyways. Um, just quick quantum mania thoughts. <laughs> yeah. But, like, but like that's, you know, that that had a really profound effect impact on me watching it visually and mm-hmm. i just um and just really loved it yeah the costume designs like even just hearing spanish in an mm-hmm. mcu movie like i remember that was such a big moment for me in multiverse of madness the first word spoken in this huge blockbuster movie is in spanish mm-hmm. and like that's really cool and it takes it a step further here with the telecons and the uh like even when uh, Nakia goes and is trying to hunt down how to get to that place, she's having a, a lot of conversations. Yeah. Spanish, and she dives really in. Cool. Isn't, isn't that when she dives into the big yeah. hole in the ground mm-hmm. or is that cenote? <laughs> she used the proper word. <laughs> okay. So to give context, Gosh, you're going to before- give all that right. <laughs> and do that also well. And then just like, let me, oh, dude, let me the history, <laughs> the history channel that has like, aliens and ancient aliens and all that stuff will still know to use the word cenote or cenote. This, this is a preview of w- what this episode could have been before Jude started to like Wakanda forever. I changed my mind. There's nothing to do with this <laughs> I still, they I mean, it's don't a just miracle literally, got made. They don't call it a pool, a hole in the ground. <laughs> oh, anyway. I'm not going to read it again. I'm going to live in this, this, these happy feelings of like, oh, you came around. On <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, is there anything else you want to uh, touch on before we put a pin in this one? No, I'm, I'm actually kind of, kind of happy with that and able to, to express actually the, the coming around on it. Yeah. I, I was very genuinely shocked. I didn't know. I, I avoided asking how your second viewing went because I wanted to hear about it here. Mm-hmm. It was good. It makes me more excited for whenever we do the deep dive, because I think there is stuff that we'll get to. And I think it might be one of the first deep dives where we're still maybe not opposite ends of the spectrum, but we're not necessarily in sync because we've yet to do a deep dive where we're kind of not on on the same brainwave. Well, that's because we haven't done Civil War yet. Yeah, well. That'll be that'll be something for sure. (laughs) Hey, we need to do it before next year. Because that's the whole reason we held on to it was for uh, the new Captain America movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's com- that's coming yeah. up. Well, and, and again, I'm excited about the deep dive because I really want to think more and flesh out the Killmonger queen. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be fun to sit down and take notes with that one. So, yeah, that I think is going to do it for our not so quick react of Black Panther Wakanda forever. So this movie's been out for a while. I know if you're listening to this podcast, you've more than likely gotten a chance to rewatch it. So we want to know what you thought about it, especially now having had time to sit with it. You, of course, can reach us in the Discord, which we're still continuing. Every episode of our podcast gets its own little forum channel, so you can come react there if you'd like. At MC Need to Know, both on Twitter and Instagram is where you can find us and let us know there. And I want to keep making sure to hammer this home. 
512-893-1355. You can leave us a voicemail. Telling us and- how correct we were on the last episode. <laughs> and how wrong the Rob Logan was. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> What's funny to me is the next episode, tune in next week, we will be doing the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special with the Rob Logan. But we've already recorded that before he heard before the MCU. This. <laughs> Moving past the adventures. <laughs> before that, in our response on this. <laughs> I promise, Rob, that wasn't planned. <laughs> oh, I 100% was putting the phone number to give you a chance to give your rebuttal. Well, the phone number, the phone number, yes. But in terms of like you not hearing the episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and not respond, yeah. <laughs> So again, that number is 512-893-1355. Let us know your thoughts of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Leave us a voicemail and we might put it in the episodes. And of course, always five-star rating, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you can do it. And the best thing you can do for us is share with a friend. Yeah. We'd also like to thank Nick Sandy for the use of our theme song, which is his rendition of the Avengers theme. You can find more of his work on his SoundCloud, which is linked in the show notes as well. And that's going to do it. Thank you so much for listening. And Jude, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Trey. We'll see you all next week with the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Well... Why did I blink? What was I going to say? I don't know. Follow the outline. There is no outline. Oh, there isn't? No. I oh, Part okay. of it, part of the reason I didn't do it is because we didn't even realize we didn't do one for Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. So we thought, is this a sign of us getting better or is this a sign of us getting worse? See, so I, I, just purposely, thought, I just thought that there was that I was going rogue and not opening one. I didn't realize there wasn't one. <laughs> <laughs> You're a real rebel without a cause. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. I'll bring it back.